0: ...chatter, they would use the same electrical mode of communication seen in neurons. That is, they would generate electrical impulses called action potentials that would ultimately cause the cells to release neurotransmitters across synapses, igniting more impulses in other neurons. Investigators did discover that glia had many of the same voltage-sensitive ion channels that generate electrical signals in axons, but... But they surmised that these channels merely allowed glia to sense indirectly the level of activity of adjacent neurons. They found that glial cells lacked the membrane properties required to actually propagate their own action potentials. What they missed, and what advancing imaging techniques have now revealed, is that glia rely on chemical signals instead of electrical ones to convey messages. Valuable insights into how glia detect neuronal activity emerged by the mid-1990s after neuroscientists established that glia had a variety of receptors on their membranes that could respond to a range of chemicals, including, in some cases, neurotransmitters. This discovery suggested that glia might communicate using chemical signals that neurons did not recognize and at times might react directly to neurotransmitters emitted by neurons. To prove such assertions, scientists first had to show that glia actually do listen in on neuronal communication and take action based on what they hear. Earlier work indicated that an influx of calcium into glial cells could be a sign that they have been stimulated. Based on that notion, investigators devised a laboratory method called calcium imaging to see whether glial cells, known as terminal Schwann cells, which surround synapses where nerves meet muscle cells, were sensitive to neuronal signals emitted at these junctions. The method confirmed that Schwann cells at least did respond to synaptic firing and that the reaction involved an influx of calcium ions into the cells. But were glia limited only to eavesdropping on neuronal activity by scavenging traces of neurotransmitter leaking from a synapse? More general function Schwann cells also surround axons along nerves in the body, not just at synapses, and oligodendrocyte glia cells wrap around axons in the central nervous system, brain, and spinal cord. At my National Institutes of Health lab, we wanted to know if glia could monitor neural activity anywhere as it flowed through axons and neural circuits. If so, how was that communication mediated? More important... How exactly would glia be affected by what they heard? To find answers, we cultured sensory neurons, dorsal root ganglion, or DRG cells from mice in special lab dishes, equipped with electrodes that would enable us to trigger action potentials in the axons. We added Schwann cells to some cultures and oligodendrocytes to others. We needed to tap independently into the activity of the axons and the glia to determine if the latter were detecting the axon messages. We used a calcium imaging technique to record visually what the cells were doing, introducing dye that fluoresces if it binds to calcium ions. When an axon fires, voltage-sensitive ion channels in the neuron's chamber open, allowing calcium ions to enter. We would therefore expect to see the firing as a flash of green phosphorescence lighting up the entire neuron from the inside. As the concentration of calcium rose in a cell, the fluorescence would get brighter. The intensity could be measured by a photomultiplier tube, and images of the glowing cells could be digitized and displayed in pseudo-color on a monitor in real time, looking something like the radar images of rainstorms shown on weather reports. If glial cells heard the neuronal signals and did so in part by taking up calcium from their surroundings, they would light up as well, only later. Staring at a computer monitor in a darkened room, my NIH colleague, biologist Beth Stevens, and I knew that after months of preparation, our hypothesis was about to be tested with the flick of a switch. When we turned on the stimulator, the DRG neurons responded instantly, changing from blue to green to red and then white in a pseudocolor scale of calcium concentration as calcium flooded into the axons. Initially, there were no changes in the Schwann cells or oligodendrocytes, but about 15 seconds later, the glia suddenly began to light up like bulbs on a string of Christmas lights. Somehow, the cells had detected the impulse activity in the axons and responded by raising the concentration of calcium in their own cytoplasm. Glia connecting with glia. Thus far, we had confirmed that glia sense axon activity by taking in calcium. In neurons, calcium activates enzymes that produce neurotransmitters. Presumably, the influx in glial cells would also activate enzymes that would marshal a response. But what response was the cell attempting? More fundamentally, what exactly had triggered the calcium influx? Clues came from previous work on other glial cells in the brain known as astrocytes. One of their functions is to carry nutrients from capillaries to nerve cells. Another is to maintain the optimal ionic conditions around neurons necessary for firing impulses. Part of the latter job is to remove excess neurotransmitters and ions that neurons release when they fire. In a classic 1990 study, a group led by Stephen J. Smith of Yale University, now at Stanford University, used calcium imaging to show that the calcium concentration in an astrocyte would rise suddenly when the neurotransmitter glutamate was added to a cell culture. Calcium waves soon spread throughout the astrocytes in the culture. The astrocytes were responding as if the neurotransmitter had just been released by a neuron, and they were essentially discussing the news of presumed neuronal firing among themselves. Some neuroscientists wondered whether the communication occurred because calcium ions or related signaling molecules simply passed through open doorways connecting abutting astrocytes. In 1996, S. Ben Cater and his colleagues at the University of Utah diffused that suspicion. Using a sharp microelectrode, They cut a straight line through a layer of astrocytes in culture, forming a cell-free void that would act like a highway separating burning forests on either side. But when they stimulated calcium waves on one side of the break, the waves spread to astrocytes across the void with no difficulty. The astrocytes had to be sending signals through the extracellular medium rather than through physical contact. Intensive research in many laboratories over the next few years showed similar results. Calcium responses could be induced in astrocytes by adding neurotransmitters or by using electrodes to stimulate the release of neurotransmitters from synapses. Meanwhile, physiologists and biochemists were finding that glia had receptors for many of the same neurotransmitters Neurons use for synaptic communication, as well as most of the ion channels that enable neurons to fire action potentials. ATP is the messenger. These and other results led to confusion. Glial communication is controlled by calcium influxes, just as neuronal communication is, but electrical impulses trigger calcium changes in neurons, and no such impulse exists in or reaches glia. Was glial calcium influx initiated by a different electrical phenomenon or some other mechanism? In their glial experiments, researchers were noticing that a familiar molecule kept cropping up, ATP, adenosine triphosphate, known to every biology student as the energy source for cellular activities. Although it makes a great power pack, ATP also has many features that make it an excellent messenger molecule between cells. It is highly abundant inside cells, but rare outside of them. It is small and therefore diffuses rapidly, and it breaks down quickly. All these traits ensure that new messages conveyed by ATP molecules are not confused with old messages. Moreover, ATP is neatly packaged inside the tips of axons where neurotransmitter molecules are stored. It is released together with neurotransmitters at synapses and can travel outside synapses too. In 1993, Peter B. Guffrey and his colleagues at the University of Utah showed conclusively that when excited, astrocytes released ATP into their surroundings. The ATP binds to receptors on nearby astrocytes, prompting ion channels to open and allow an influx of calcium. The rise triggers ATP release from those cells, setting off a chain reaction of ATP-mediated calcium responses across the population of astrocytes. A model of how glia around an axon-sense neuronal activity and then communicate to other glia residing at the axon synapse was coming together. The firing of neurons somehow induces glial cells around an axon to emit ATP, which causes calcium intake in neighboring glia, prompting more ATP release, thereby activating communication along a string of glia that can reach far from the initiating neuron. But how could the glia in our experiment be detecting the neuronal firing given that the axons made no synaptic connections with the glia and the axonal glia were nowhere near the synapse?